Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. I'm surprised you knew the opening because Matt often says in the middle of the show, I don't think Sarah's listening, so we can talk about this. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> oh, boy, here we oh, go. Oh, it's me. <laughs> but he has to think for a moment. Yeah, yeah, he does. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. My name is Sarah Lowe, and I am filling in for Matt Donnelly. We are live here at Show Creator Studio South in Las Vegas. Today we are going to talk about Jesus. Jesus. Christ Superstar, the movie musical. And here he is, preaching love, Penn Gillette. I'm here preaching love. You know, um, I'm kind of thinking this is a kind of a Rosie the Riveter point of view. You know, kind, kind of. This is the situation because yeah. Matt has gone off to war. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and the women have to fill in yeah. doing jobs that are traditionally male roles. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. you've got your yeah. bandana on, yeah. tied to the front. Yeah. You've got, got the, the muscle. My, my sleeves are rolled <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. I'm showing off my guns. We're fighting the Nazis. And uh, yeah, that's exactly, I'm, that's how I plan to, to <laughs> fill in today is Nazi fighting. <laughs> Loose lips sink ships. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you you kind of are interested in that period, though, oh, musically. Oh, absolutely. You say loose lips sink ships, and we've always made jokes about how loose our lips are. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you when you did that, do you still do that group at all? You know, it's funny. We just talked the about Apple trying Sisters. to do a show. That's right, the Apple Sisters with Kimmy Gatewood and Rebecca Johnson. Uh, but Kimmy has been very successfully directing on television over the last uh, couple years, and Rebecca has been writing and and starring in shows, and so. We've been trying to do really one every year, and then we just, the last two years, really haven't been able to. But we are trying to do one this year. We're going to try uh, around the holidays. Now, it's it's kind of like the Andrews Sisters and the Three Stooges. Yes, it is. Kind, kind of, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't ever like that blank meets blank format, yeah. but I, I'll say it without that meets in the middle, and then I kind of fool myself that I'm not doing the same hack thing. But you don't usually, oh, you didn't used to. I mean, it's it's not true anymore. But you didn't used to see women do physical comedy that much. I mean, Lucy got credit for it. Right. But Lucy had the problem of not being funny. <laughs> which I oh. think which I think uh, uh, limited yeah. her ability to do comedy. Well, uh, and a lot Are of you a Lucy fan? I, I like Lucy, sure, yeah. I think, you know, I think it... See, I think compared to Carol Burnett... Well... Carol Burnett and is is again. It's like women were couldn't be funny and beautiful. Mm-hmm. You were if you weren't beautiful, then you were allowed to be funny. And so with Lucy, who was beautiful, but people didn't think her physical comedy to be very physical because it was mostly just kind of stuff on the face or whatever. What crying? Yeah. Mm, now, did yeah. you did you uh, have you seen the Three Stooges short with Lucy in it? I don't think I ever have. Very attractive. Have you seen the topless picture of Lucy? 
No. It's, it's, it's very easily available. Okay. And the thing is that by the time, even though I'm wicked older than you, by the time I came in uh-huh. to Lucy, yeah. she was already this, you know, old icon. Yeah. And you didn't, it's like my dad has eight or 10 autograph books, or I have, you know, mm-hmm. he sent away for autographs because, you know, um, this is way back, like depression times. He was poor enough that this was a hobby. He wanted to be a coin collector, but he didn't have the money. <laughs> that wasn't even a joke, but um, but it was good. But he got autographs. Yeah, and so I you was, could write away for autographs, and they'd send them in. You still can. Really? Yeah. You you write to the Jonas Brothers. Do people say I really I really love you? I'm 14, and I'll blow you on your next tour, and you'll get an autographed picture back. But will I get to blow them on their next tour? <laughs> well, you know that has to be classified. <laughs> So my dad would would write for autographs, and he has stuff like the guy who created Dennis the Menace and all these cartoonists doing little cartoons just for him and Hey Sam and stuff from like um, all these probably has your grandmother's autograph. Oh. I have to look carefully because it's the exact right time. Yeah. And he has like five volumes that might be there. But I was startled to see a picture of um, – Grandma of the Beverly Hillbillies as an ingenue. Oh, gosh. What was her name? Uh, uh, Irene Ryan. Irene Ryan. Irene Ryan. No, she did uh, uh, No, No, Nanette with my mother. No, No, Nanette. I believe she did that. She also did um, another musical. But not Yes, Yes, Yolanda. Yes, Yes, Ralphie. Is what <laughs> I, yes, that's what, uh, when when we were doing it at Glendale Center Theater uh, in in Glendale, California, my friend Jess would always make fun of us and say, I also have rehearsals for Yes, Yes, Ralphie, and I will just... But I don't understand why the alliteration was thrown away by that dipshit. Why was it a Yes, Yes, Yolanda? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Yes, Yolanda would be a very uh, different <laughs> show. <laughs> but anyway, Lucy Topless, you yeah. can find easily. Well, I, I'll look You for will, it. you will. And if you see her in the Stooges short, which is also easy to find, yeah. she is the, um, you know, the va-va-va-voom, to, well, to use a time. Uh, ter- ter- oh, I absolutely think she's beautiful. She was hmm. a beautiful actress. But I tell you, she was slowed down in comedy by not being funny, I think, considerably. By not being funny? Yeah. Well, I think that, that can be that not an insurmountable obstacle. I mean, n- tell her. <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, Teller would say that. Yes. Because Teller was into magic, and yeah. then we got doing comedy, yeah. and he was kind of thrust uh-huh. into comedy, although not his natural, <laughs> not his natural tendency. Yeah, you can't really tell that it's not his natural <laughs> tendency. <laughs> but you know, I've always thought that um, Desi Arnaz was just amazing. Was the was. Well, you know, he invented the three cam- camera sitcom. Right, absolutely, and and I do. And think he was he also had a not funny. And different. Ha- well, had a, an understanding of comedy. Yeah. Right. Not really was in him necessarily, but could understand it and and see a, be- a better director probably he would have been. I'll make fun of being Latinx, and that's the end of. Yeah. That's the end of what I do. Right. So anyway. So he could have starred in Yes, Yes, Yolanda. Yeah. (laughs) The Apple Sisters. The Apple Sisters, a 1943. uh, It's always 1943 in our world. And it's, um, yeah, it was, we're a, you know, musical comedy trio 
who just... And now, uh, did you do research on that period? Sure. Yeah. yeah. But then we kind of altered the period. So when you talk about Nazis, for us, it was the nasties, which were just like the Nazis, but much worse, but, and with more eye patches. I see. You yeah. know? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. But and you also, uh, your music mm-hmm. that you did during that, Yes. to my ear, uh-huh. the harmonies were pretty accurate. Yes. And the forms were insane. <laughs> it's like you had no idea what A-A-B-A was, which is the form of every song in the United States of America. Absolutely. It's either a 12-bar blues or A-A-B-A or an 8-bar with a middle eight. We don't need you to tell us what to do, sir. We'll make our own music. <laughs> we would just, you you know, we wanted to write our own songs. Kimmy had more of an understanding of music than Rebecca and I, which I, I understand music, you know, as a, I grew up with musical theater, so story structure music, certainly. Mm-hmm. But we would just kind of write out without even, really, we kind of think of a tune and we'd kind of write it out and then we'd get together with our piano player arranger we had a couple over our time and just start saying like it kind of sounds like this you think you'd have you had the tunes and you had the harmony yeah and you had the rhythm yeah it was when i go there it's just like where is the form (laughs) i mean louis armstrong yeah and hank williams worked really hard yeah. To create the American form for the song. Yeah, well, they're stupid men and we don't care about their form. <laughs> and you would go like, it would be like 10 bars. Yeah. And then into the middle six. Mm-hmm. Then, then like another 14 bars. If the middle six fit what the, <laughs> what the comedy was, that's what we would do. Yeah, well, I, I did on an old show called Sin City Spectacular. Mm-hmm. I wrote a song with Gary Stockdale called... The Submarina Magic Boys, which was sung by three women in harmony, singing about the guys during World War II who toured submarines doing magic. And <laughs> the gag on it was that Teller and I'd be working in a submarine. And you know all the magic props, that this is a secret magic thing. It's a secret magic thing that everyone who sees one of these shows knows would people produce a lot of stuff? Yeah. Like umbrellas? <laughs> it's just stuff that folded up. Right, right, right. So the whole show was they would sing these submarine magic boys, and then we were producing all these things <laughs> in a submarine. And of course, it was just we'd pack up our case yeah. and then throw it out. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, we were just packing, packing it up. Packing every pack, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I remember having a uh, huge fight with uh, Dr. Stockdale, who was the musical director and wrote the songs with me. Mm-hmm. And I'd written it out and I had this whole Andrew Sisters vibe uh-huh. and I thought it was wicked, wicked funny. Yeah. And he said, no, no, we, we, you got an extra bar there. We can't do that at the end. And you've also got a really hard vowel mm-hmm. for the singers <laughs> to sing in harmony as yeah. the last note. So we can't do this. We've got to rewrite it. Uh-huh. And we need to cut the last bar. And we argued and argued and argued, and other writers were in the room. Uh-huh. And we argued and argued and argued. And finally, since it was called Penn and Teller's Sin City Spectacular and not <laughs> Gary Stockdale's Sin City Spectacular, yeah. I finally did one of the oddest management things I've ever done. Uh-huh. I said to Michael Goudeau, who was a writer on the show, I said, uh, Goudot, I just stopped talking to Stockdale. I said, Goudot, 
I'm going to go out and make myself a cup of tea. And I'm going to sit looking out the window, having my cup of tea. And when I come back in, if Stockdale has not agreed to do it my way, I'm going to fire you. Because <laughs> <laughs> we can't get rid of Stockdale because we, we got to do the show. Yeah. Well, and you can't get rid of what, what, what? And I walked out <laughs> and I came back in and Stockdale said, uh, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I was going to say, I'm surprised as w- as the story was going, I was concerned that you were changing it, but no, you didn't change it. And that's actually with the three of us. It was always if two of us agreed, even if one like I'm dying on this hill. No, two people said this is the way it is. Then that's the way it, we would always do it. And God love. Tell her and I do it by weight. Yeah. <laughs> You're I count for two people. So it's going to be my way. Yeah. And and, you know. Jerome, our, our sweet piano player, who would try to say, I don't think this is right. We'd say, it'll be fine. Yeah. We'll make it work. We sure need another measure. <laughs> yeah. we. No. And I would, I would sit there, and I, I guess I saw your show twice. Mm-hmm. I would sit there really, really enjoying it, saying, this is great. This is really funny. And then I'd, I'd have this feeling of disquiet. At the end of the songs. Yeah. So the next songs would come along and I go one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, three, two, three, four, four, two, three, four, five, two, three, four, six, two, three, four, seven, two, three, four, eight, two, three, four, nine, two, three, four. Now we're into the chorus. What? <laughs> I'd say that's why yeah. there was this, it was this really, really neat quality that just kind of shimmered off it where yeah. you just went. And I, I've always wondered why um, those forms were so sacrosanct. I mean, yeah. whether you're talking about Perry Como or The Clash, they follow They follow it, yeah. Completely. Well, and if you notice, though, you've talked about two successful groups, so maybe we should have followed the, uh, <laughs> the structure a little more. Would it hurt you to do another Would it measure? Hurt? You, just, you just want a manager to come in yeah. with a cigar. How much would it hurt? To do another measure. I think about you talking to Blue Man Group, and I was like, nobody came and talked to us and said, hey, here's an idea. Well, have you thought about this? Because we're like, no, no, we're going to do it this way. <laughs> yeah. Three very headstrong women deciding our, our own fate consistently. So uh, this is why we're all doing different things right now. Yeah, but I, uh, <laughs> when you think about the structure yeah. of the American songbook, yeah. Whether you're talking about Jimmy Rogers, uh-huh. whether you're talking about Hank Williams, mm-hmm. whether you're talking about Howlin' Wolf. Yes. Or whether you're talking about Jonathan Richmond, none of them step out the way the Apple Sisters <laughs> did. And you would think, yeah. that's the thing that's so incredible about this, you would think you'd be out of tune. Or you'd think you'd have bad rhymes. Or you'd think your harmony would be wrong. But no, all that's fine. Just one thing, fuck you, Louis Armstrong. <laughs> well, thank you for the compliments. And yes, fuck you, Louis Armstrong. <laughs> you can find all our music on Apple Tunes, yep. on Spotify, and you can t- see for yourself. And someone someone should send the Apple Sisters just a breakdown yeah. <laughs> of one song that just follows one of the forms of the Great American Songbook. I mean, uh, was it Irving Berlin? They got in a huge, just a huge controversy over, um, what song is it? It's a, it's a really, really famous song that is the wrong number of bars. Mm. And people ripped them apart for it. Uh, Night and Day. 
Cole Porter. Oh, Night and day goes dead. too long without a break. Yeah. And people just sure. went apeshit over that. And you just want to say to them, listen to the Apple system. Here you go. You'll, you think that's bad. You'll be praying for night and day. <laughs> I think that's also what's interesting is is most of our, our music is, fi- when you're watching it, it really is fine. It may bother you a little bit, but you you but go with it. Sure. And but if you just listen to it, I think you might, you know, do yourselves a favor. Go watch the music videos instead. But either, <laughs> either of the other two things yeah. would be unspeakable. If you were singing those tight Andrew Sisters harmonies yeah. out of tune. Oh, it would be painful. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. And if you're out of time, horrible. And if your lyrics were bad, horrible. But form, fuck it. Well, thank you. Also, we have, you know, we were in the deleted scenes of Bridesmaids. We had shot the movie and they had given us, they had written music and harmonies. Uh-huh. And we it struggled. And then same thing with Christmas Story Live that they did on, I think it was Fox or something like that. We got hired to do that in one of the numbers as, as a radio group. Because uh-huh. Maya Rudolph had remembered us from Bridesmaids. Uh-huh. And uh, same thing. They were teaching us the harmonies. And it was uh, the two guys who've, who've written Waving Through a Window. Uh, they're just like the uh, greatest showmen, these guys. Anyway, all my musical theater friends are hating me right now. But uh, they, they're they working with us. And we're thinking, oh, this is so exciting. And they're trying to plunk out harmonies for us. And the three of us, when, when it's not our own harmonies, have really struggled. So did you, the harmonies were not written out? No. You did no. them by ear? Yeah. Yeah. So we would we would go in and we would play the song and then Jerome would say like this this note, this note, this note for you. And then sometimes, you know, um, Kimmy has a little bit more of a music training. I came from musical theater. Rebecca is more of a comedian. And so she is somebody who will easily drift to whatever note is nearest to hers. So we would try to put her on the melody and then we would sing the harmonies. Uh, And a lot of times it worked and sometimes it didn't. When we did Sin City Spectacular, Mm -hmm. we had, uh, I wish I could remember their names, but this is so long ago. Uh, I don't remember what I was called then. Um, <laughs> Probably Penn, but go on. <laughs> we got two women from uh, L.A., maybe it was three. It was three sometimes, two other times, who were session singers. And we were writing one musical number a week, okay, mm-hmm. with song and dance. Yeah. That Teller and I had a star in. Oh, I love it. And you've sung with me. You know I'm not good. Yeah. So Gary Stockdale would say, these are the harmonies you're doing, but whatever Penn sings, make him sound right. And they were incredible. I know. They're, when you get someone who's that good a singer yeah. with a bad singer, they made it sound like that's what I meant to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty spectacular uh, when you have trained professionals who that's their job. I mean, and they, they tour with all sorts of rock stars and celebrities, and that's their job. Just make that person sound great. Yeah. So, And they just go, you know. Yeah. All I, of a sudden, it was nothing like it was in rehearsals, Yeah, and it was fine. I noticed that you mentioned them, but you didn't mention Heather or myself. <laughs> <laughs> as, also, as also people who've sunk behind you. The difference is, <laughs> and there is a major difference. No, of course. The difference is that Stockdale was writing that music, and it was complicated. Mm. Whereas with the No God Band, a lot of it I was writing was very, very simple. Sure. Um, I was still off and you still <laughs> fixed it, but not to the extent 
It was, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you didn't do a fine job of removing <laughs> bunions, <laughs> bunions, but these people did brain surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Okay, okay. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So we're talking yeah. about musicals. Is that where I want to be? Oh, perfect. And now have you had this experience where, uh, which I've had a few times, mm-hmm. it's a stunning experience. Where you you go to experience a piece of art, mm-hmm. which you intend to experience ironically or with absolute ridicule, mm-hmm. and then that drifts away during the show. Have you had that happen to you? Uh, I know that I have. I, I can't necessarily pinpoint, but I know that I have, and I, I, I'm sure it will come to me. The one that I talk about all the time, yeah, because it was a real epiphany in my life, yeah, was when we when we see Dean Martin in the '80s in Vegas. And I was with two of my hipster friends yeah. and we were in leather jackets and we had all been to see the Ramones in New York city, you know, just a few nights before. Yeah. And now Dean Martin is playing Las Vegas and we'll go see this. Cause wouldn't it be a goof? You know, yeah. just be, just be funny. And we had no intention. And I, I tell, every time I tell the story, I make this very clear. We had no intention of being rude yeah. or letting anyone know we were there ironically. There's no reason for that. Uh, we didn't intend to, but we were going ironically. Mm-hmm. We'll see Dino, won't this be a laugh? And then 10 minutes in, we were looking at each other going, oh, th- this is really good. <laughs> this is, yeah. oh, there's no irony here. Ugh. And it was it was an incredible experience for yeah. me. It was another one of my experiences with realizing there's one show business, you know. You, oh, yeah. So. I'm an atheist. <laughs> I don't like musicals. Two facts, yes. Dead facts. So the other night, Jen, friend of ours and Jonesy's, mm-hmm. Jen, Jonesy, and I were talking, and she said, she's younger than we are, uh, she said, uh, I want to watch Jesus Christ Superstar. And Jonesy and I both went, what? Mm-hmm. Why? What? And she said, I don't know, I just want to, I never... Never heard any of it, never seen it. I just want to watch it. And uh, and she said, what she also said, which is wicked funny, she said, because I don't know much of that Christian stuff and just thought I'd learn from this. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I haven't picked up a Bible, but thought this would be, yeah. <laughs> she went with that. Andrew Lloyd Webber, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could have picked up Paul Tillich, but no. 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 Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Jesus Christ Superstar. So uh, Gene, Jonesy, Jen, and I, who ruined the alliteration, decided to watch Jesus Christ Superstar. And Gillette. Gillette. Oh, oh thank you. Well, way to go, Reddy. It went right <laughs> over my head. So uh we decided watching Jesus. Yeah. Uh so um It's a miracle. <laughs> we sat down with the express purpose of ridicule. We were in my home. Ted Neely was not hanging out. 
Okay. No. There, no constraints on us whatsoever. Yeah. We were going to ridicule this. We're going to ridicule this making fun of the time period. Yep. We're going to ridicule this making fun of Andrew Lloyd Webber's shitty music. We're going to ridicule this making fun of Tim Rice's shitty lyrics. Sure. We're going to make fun of the wardrobe, costuming, oh. certainly the acting, oh. absolutely the singing, the directing, Can't overall the concept. It. We were just loaded for bear. So excited. We were going to have fun. Yeah. So I spent my three ninety nine on Apple on Apple, Apple TV, uh-huh. and I bought Jesus Christ Superstar. And rented you rented three ninety nine. Rented, yeah, rented, yeah. And we actually made the discussion. I'm never going to watch this again. Let's rent it. <laughs> so we um, we also they showed a preview of it beforehand. Oh, wonderful! And we went, ah, oh, <laughs> why they show us the preview? And then the movie starts, and it really didn't take long. Like maybe. 10 minutes, uh-huh. and I just said, after making many, many, many unpleasant jokes, I said, uh, I think this is really good. And Josie went, it's really good. And Jen went, this is great. And I went, how can it be good? It's really good. Yeah. Now, first of all, there's dirty hippie chicks in it. I was just gonna say from the onset, this is your this is your vibe. This is my this is my jam. Yeah. But I didn't expect everything else. And intellectually, I loved it. And this is the hard part. Okay. Theologically and philosophically, I loved it. Yeah, that's now the did part. you just watch it recently? I just wanted you to talk about that because I watched this movie. Uh, I've seen it a few times over the years Mm -hmm. and you had mentioned it and I said, all right, I'm going to put this back in and and try to look at this with fresh eyes, as Mm -hmm. you will. And I remembered it differently. So it was a really fun experience to go back and really kind of see it in that way. Well, the Uh, performances are stunning. uh, Unbelievable. I agree. And I always felt that way. I I never knew that. Yeah. I, I, I just... From yes, and and then what? Now went back and started to look like what was this person doing? Where did this person come from? They were most of them had done done the musical, yeah. and had been brought and and in fact Ted Neely, uh, I believe, wasn't the lead. He was the understudy. Yeah. So and they had they had, they had tried to get Mick Jagger. Yes. They tried to get John Lennon. Ja- uh, they tried to get Paul McCartney because they thought, how can we ruin this? Right, and even uh, um, uh, Mickey Dolenz. They, yeah. They, yeah. Ted Neely. First of all, basic rules of movies. Yeah. Hero doesn't have to be interesting, only the villain. Yeah. And there's some stuff that contradicts that. Bruce Willis always contradicts that. Mm-hmm. He's always a hero who's interesting. But usually, Wicked Witch of the West, Snow White. Yeah. It's only the, the villains. Queen. Disney yeah. stuff, it's always the villains. Always the villains, yeah. Uh, and so Ted Neely, other than hitting those notes that are incredible, is Pretty much just vanilla and uninteresting. Absolutely. But man, the Judas and the guy singing Simon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just got chills even thinking about it, which is my big theater nerd. But he, he's it, his performance uh, vocally on its own is incredible. Mm-hmm. But as, a, as, a, as an actor, when you watch it, 
there's something otherworldly that is happening with him that really and and that then this was the first time that I really watched it as a okay these kids arrive in a bus that's the thing yeah and I you uh, we read the same source material so you know that um, Tim Rice intended to make it like Ben Hur. Yeah. He wanted to spend a billion zillion dollars on it yeah. and make it huge. And Norman Jewison, a fucking genius, Amazing. says, we'll yeah. do this with 35 people yeah. in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Who can fit on the bus? That's who we're doing it with. Exactly. Yep. And they do this thing that is not even really logical. They're getting off the bus to do the show, and yet Judas and Jesus are still in character already in character, but yeah. no one else is. Right, right. Which is really interesting. I mean, really interesting. Yeah. Not like an easy idea to get, like a really hard idea to get. Yeah. You know, everybody gets off the bus in character, not that hard an idea to get. Mm -mm. Everybody gets off the bus just totally casual, yeah. and Jesus, you know, is, is wearing uh, surf shorts. Not that hard to get that idea. Yeah. But that idea of, of breaking it up, yeah. And then I realized that in Jesus Christ Superstar, Jesus Christ does precisely, this is the writing now, not the, uh, not the acting, mm -hmm. does precisely two supernatural events. Only two. One, mm -hmm. he predicts that Judas will betray him. Yes when he knows Judas's entire character and doesn't seem like a miracle to me. Two, he thinks that Peter will deny him three times. Also not a hard guess for a man to make. Yeah. Not a hard guess. Yeah. You're you're the you're the asshole that's gonna fucking turn me in. Yeah, right. You know? And right. you 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 won't you won't, you know, you won't grow a ball sack and stand up for me. That's all Jesus says. Yeah. And when he is prompted and pushed to turn water into wine. He doesn't even cure people. <laughs> no, he they doesn't. Put, they put too, 30 <laughs> people around him, lepers and lepers, shit. He's trying to... And he, he just gets all... Uh, it's too many of you. Get away. He, it's yeah. icky. Yeah. And he's, he's I can't very, do it. Yeah. Very passive aggressive for the whole thing. Yeah. that That's like uh, uh, if you watch me pee. You're like, don't watch me pee. I can't pee if you watch me pee. <laughs> <laughs> I can't heal you if you're all looking at me. Stop. <laughs> Jesus is simply pee shy. He's just pee that, shy. That's all. That's all he. That's all he wrote in his notes of the script. Yeah. Ted Neely wrote pee, pee shy. shy yeah. Incidentally, I have a friend who peed next to Ted Neely. What? What? Yes. Did he, Ted Neely pee? <laughs> he, he, my friend uh, Rich Nathanson went to see a Q and A about Jesus Christ Superstar with Ted. I mean. Rich Nathanson and Stephen Banks were knee-deep in their own cum that I liked a musical. Oh, I can't imagine, yeah. And then all of a sudden, these floodgates opened yeah. with stories they wanted to tell me yeah. that I would just say, you, you guys keep talking. That's I'm, fine. I'm good. I'm good, yeah. Um, <laughs> but he, was this one of the stories? Yeah. He went to a Q&A that Ted Neely was speaking. Yeah. And during the movie, he had to pee. He went into the men's room at the next urinal was Ted Neely. Who said to him, because this is the only joke Ted Neely probably makes, versions of this. He said, probably never thought you'd see Jesus pee, huh? <laughs> and Rich Nathanson said, I'm just waiting for you to turn the urine into wine. That's where I would have that's, gone, yeah. That's the joke. Yep. And Ted Neely laughed a lot 
And they went back Peed in. all over the wall, and then they went back in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he drew a little dove in his pee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe that this movie is entirely in sync with my theological view. Jesus is said to be just one of the nuts doing this shit, mm-hmm. which we know from archaeology. He's only one of the nuts doing this shit. Mm-hmm. We also know that it was a political movement that was trying to ride on lying to the Jews about the new Messiah. Mm-hmm. We also know that the Romans were very reluctant to interact with this fucking nut. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, prosecuting Trump, you know? And it's kind of like Charlie Manson. Yeah. Uh, just shut up. Uh, yeah, shut yeah. up. Don't start saying weird shit. We're talking to you. Yeah. We'll give you an easy sentence if you just shut the fuck We're up. trying to just let you. <laughs> yeah. Help us help, help you. Help us help you. Yeah, exactly. Stop talking. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. But here is my analysis why I couldn't realize that at the time. Okay? Okay. Jesus Christ Superstar, I believe, came out in 1970. Mm-hmm. Maybe 68 or 69. But it came out earlier by a lot than the movie. Mm-hmm. movie was 73. Yeah. 73, I, let's not use the term graduate, but I got out of high school in 73. <laughs> so when the album came out, I would have been the end of junior high. And at the end of junior high, I was still a Christian. The end of junior high, I was a member of the first Congregationalist Church of Greenfield, Massachusetts, or as we called it, First Congo. Everybody abbreviated it that way. (laughs) And I was, because my parents had made a deal with me, that if I went to youth group on Sunday afternoon— I didn't have to go to church on Sunday morning. Had to go to one of the two. So I was already a hippie, and we had a pastor who was, I still think, was one of the most terrific people in my life. You know, people often say to me about atheism, boy, Christians must have treated you really badly if you're to feel like this. And I say, au contraire, because I sometimes speak French. I say, au contraire, I was actually treated so well by Christians, that's why I turned into an atheist. That's what gave me the optimism and the not needing this because people were so good to me. The pastor was amazing. Yeah. So when Jesus Christ Superstar came out, I brought it into the youth group for us to talk about and analyze because I had, within a week, memorized every word of it. Oh, wow. And I made the argument to the youth group and to the pastor that Jesus Christ Superstar was actually very, very religious. Now, my 14-year-old self (laughs) made that argument, and my (laughs) 68-year-old self remembered that argument and believed it. Right. Right? So I was still thinking that this was some sort of Jesus freak thing, which, by the way, in all the advertisement— they always tried to spin it that it wasn't blasphemous. Motherfucker, this, this is, is blasphemous. Yeah. Absolutely blasphemous. Yeah. He's just a man. Yeah. 
They say over and over again. He's just a man. Yeah. I'm trying to help you. Judas is just trying to help him. He's trying to help the political movement, yeah. which was absolutely of oppressed people. Yep. He's trying to do everything right. Yeah. And his arguments that he makes all the way through are really, really good. Valid, 100%. You will, yes. you will help the people do this right. What yes. the fuck is wrong with yes. you, Jesus? When we started it, this was one thing, and now it's this. Do you now see it's all what you're doing? You, it's all about you. We can't have it be all about you. No, this has got to be helping people. Yeah. You know, and even... All this food, all this stuff, we could be giving it away. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And even when he gets the 30 pieces of silver, it's like, well, I could use this to help people. Yeah. You know, and he comes in and a prostitute is washing Jesus's feet. Yeah. And he doesn't say the prostitute's out of line. No, he, he says... He says, don't waste the oil. Yeah. He actually says... I don't, it's not that I object to her profession. I don't object to it. <laughs> the actual line. It's fine. Yeah. I'm just saying, this is this is part of the message. We're confusing people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and if you'd come today, you would have reached a whole nation. Israel in 4 BC had no mass communication. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't you get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and... And what's the guy's name who plays Jesus? I mean, plays Judas. Uh, Sings his fucking ass off. uh, Yeah, he's unbelievable. And acts it beautifully. And Ted Neely, as a passive-aggressive wimp who's lost his way, (laughs) does a fine job. Well, all he has to do, as you say, is be vanilla. He just has to stand there. Yeah. I mean, and and he, he really does. When they start flashing the pictures of Jesus, he really does look like... All the pictures of Jesus. What they pretended, what they Jesus. pretended Jesus to look like. They're, the pretend Jesus. The very white pretend Jesus yeah. that they wanted Couldn't him to look like. How'd he get there? We don't know. With with eyes not quite. It's like the, the facial structure of somebody here like, he's beautiful, but it but it's weird. Yeah, because yeah. God's his dad. Yeah. And in the original album, yeah. you know, the rock snobs, uh, which I know a few of them. Uh-huh. The the essential um, belief among the rock snobs who think that Jesus Christ Superstar is a good rock record, mm-hmm. but can't admit it because it's Andrew Lloyd Webber who mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah. Um, it's the Grease Band. Did you know that? I did not know that. It's the Grease Band. It's Joe Cocker's band. I did not know so that. So the band Which makes on, sense now. on the album Jesus Christ Superstar is a great band. Yeah. So we we would say, well, you know, it's a great band. We love that music, but, but it's not, it's not right. Andrew Lloyd Webber. It's the Grease Band, yeah. which of course is also a lie. Yeah. Because the Grease Band did not go, oh, I get a good idea for this tune instead of the one that's written. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a killer rhythm section. By the way, it's also great in Jesus Christ Superstar the movie that I I think the bass player, and I haven't been able to find this anywhere, but I believe the bass player was blowing the sound mixer. Because he is, you realize how hot the <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, bass yeah, player yeah. is? Oh, yeah. He is so oh, hot yeah. in the mix. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Carl Anderson. Carl Anderson. That's Carl it, Anderson. That's it, that's it. Carl Anderson. Carl Anderson. And let's talk about crazy, dirty hippie chicks. Oh. I tell you, yeah. the chorus women. Yeah. In Jesus Christ Superstar, yeah. more attractive than Scarlett Johansson. Every one of them. 
I are you saying that because you love Scarlett Johansson? I'm just saying. <laughs> why did we lose How to Be Sexy? Well, I, and I no one, no one is more turned on by Brad Pitt than me. But every man in that sexy. That, that's Pitt? what I was just gonna say. You watch, especially, of course. I I love it when you really get to see them be be dirty hippies, right? So after he's. Before he turns the tables, or I'm forgetting the song, but where they're all they're all in the dirt it's and they're rolling around. But you the thieves. Yeah, get out. Yeah, that one. Uh, when he goes way high. Yeah. He, it's, yeah. He, it's like yeah. when Jesus becomes a parakeet. Yeah. He just yells. He yells. Well, uh, that that's the other miracle you forgot that he did. He becomes a, <laughs> turns into a parakeet. <laughs> Talk to us yeah. about the small bird moment. Yeah. Um, but I want to hear Jimmy Fallon. And he became a small bird. A small bird. <laughs> Very small bird. Fit in a little cage. <laughs> and it just comes out of the pocket. <laughs> and then the when he goes to um, take him to see, it's not Pilot, the other one. Caiaphas? Uh, no. Where Herod. The, Herod. Herod. So you are the Christ. You're the great Jesus Christ. And he does nothing. Does jack shit. Nothing. Nothing at all. and But all of them dancing around and that very hippie-like, and those outfits. And Zero Mostel's uh, son. Is that Zero Mostel's son? Yes, it is. Not not the best singer in the movie. No. And and you, I literally was watching it going like, I, I'm curious. Because not even that great comedically, mm-hmm. right? Just kind of. I think they just thought, boy, if Zero Mostel were younger... We'd sure like him in it. <laughs> We'd love him in it. So let's do this. This will work. We'll give yeah. Mel Blanc's son to do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but what's nice is they really do have such a phenomenal ensemble that he can kind of stand around and do nothing. And it's all gorgeous around him. And they, they fix the singing with the, like we've seen that yeah. in they make, other they talentless people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was shot beautifully. Yeah. I thought the wardrobe was gorgeous. Yeah. I thought that the cinematography was beautiful and the concept of we'll we'll do this as a group of outsiders doing yeah. a play in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Really great. And I also love the voice of Caiaphas and the, the two guys yeah, that do the high yeah, low yeah. thing. Oh, I do. I love that too. Yeah. I, I have always loved <laughs> good too. <laughs> yeah. Um and the the you know, I was saying to Matt, the idea that, you know, now we have all these shots with the drones and the whatever, but anything that was shot from overhead in the 70s is a helicopter? Uh, or or a, a very, very wide lens with a jib. With a jib. And I'm telling you, you carry the jib into the middle of that fucking desert. Right. <laughs> right. And shoot so that you're not seeing the jib. And right? the, uh, all the scenes on the grass and stuff yeah. where they bring in AstroTurf. Yeah, in they, the middle of the desert. They, they they worked really hard and made something that is, I believe, intellectually completely sound. Yeah, yeah. And I believe it's also, um, it's not musical comedy. It is an opera. It is an opera. I believe there's a little bit of Sprechzimmer that yeah. Jesus does, yeah. but couldn't really be called dialogue. No. And that was, it's, my sons came in while I was watching and said, this sounds sad. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, I should have them watch this because it is, it's, it's really well done and it's really interesting. But my youngest son's saying, they're not 
talking at all. They're not talking. Yeah. No, that's that's what that's an opera. We're we're yeah, they don't talk at all. Yeah. It's it It's a it's musical. It's very very good. Yeah. And I mean, I I don't think I've been that gobsmacked in years by a piece of art. Just going, oh, you know, and we're still making jokes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But our hearts not in it. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that was Jesus's miracle all maybe along. It was. Maybe that's the other one. <laughs> yeah. Judas betrayed me. Um, um, Peter denies me. Pe- Peter's a wimp. I and- turn into a parakeet. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that- he sings high. Wow. Yeah. But so does uh, uh, Judas. Yeah, Judas has the, incredible range. Yeah, and to fly Judas, it so Judas the other my other one of my favorites is you know hanging yourself, committing suicide. What a you know that's a sin that whatever. But then he flies in on the crane from heaven. So I enjoy this moment as well. And then that is also such and the a sexy shot of the him hanging. Yep. Pull back. And they do another whole scene there. Yeah. And they don't change the shot. Yeah. There were, there were, you know, I kept, I kept saying the walkie-talkie next to Jesus's ass is going. Okay, we're not on anymore. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's holding these poses. Says, yeah. And the camera pans really slowly off him. Yeah. And you want the, you know, the second AD to go. You're clear. You're clear. Yeah. <laughs> You know, who's hiding behind yeah, the rock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're clear. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Thanks. Oh, that was really it took a lot. But well, Ted out. Neely is still doing Jesus Christ Superstar, right? I believe so. And they've done a slight rewrite that Jesus lives to be seventy-eight. What? No, I just. How does Ted Neely play Jesus when he supposedly died at thirty-three? Oh, it's the theater, darling. You could <laughs> anyone could look young from the stage as long as it's not immersive. But uh, Norman Jewison finishes. Fiddler on the Roof. Right. And says, okay, I'll do Jesus Christ Superstar. I'll do Jesus Christ Superstar. Jewison, (laughs) which- The name is right there. He's absolutely said, you know, if I'm going to do anything with with this name, I'm going to do Fiddler and then Superstar. (laughs) And the critics come out. The Catholic Church comes out. Everybody comes out and says, this is atheist. This is subversive. This is horrible. And they just hang tough. Yeah. No, no, this is just a modern way to bring the gospel to children. Yeah. And we can tell this whole story differently. Is it possible my whole philosophy comes entirely from Jesus Christ Superstar? I left the church a year later. I was just going to say, because 14-year-old you brought it to the church as a, no, this is really the gospel. And then understood it a little more. Yeah. And there you've got a. And you then know, said, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> an atheist magician. You know, you've got, you know, 55 years later. Yeah. Catholic Church did the same thing with uh, Life of Brian, Sight Unseen. Yeah. Life of Brian, also a little bit blasphemous. <laughs> you know, the original. But it's not at it's, all. It's not? Because they're attacking the way people oh, treat right. it. That's no, right. Oh, they're yeah. also, it's yeah. not, although the original title. Do you know the original title for Life of Brian that Eric Idle suggested? No. Jesus Christ, Lust for Power. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was the working well, title. And that, you know, now maybe would have been okay. Yeah. But then certainly his movie would not have been seen anywhere. Well, George Harrison had to pay for it, you know. No, I didn't know. Did you know this? They were working on Life of Brian. Uh-huh. And all the backers pulled out. And because of, uh, was it the Ruddles? Was it that early? I don't know. I don't know that part of it. But George Harrison was a huge, 
huge Monty Python fan. And they told him they were working this movie. They told him they lost the funding. And then the way every side tells the story, four days later, George Harrison calls up and goes, I'll put in all the money for you to finish uh, Life of Brian. And they said, you know, you're probably not going to make it back, money back. And George Harrison said, well, is there any other way for me to see it? Because I just want to see it. It's the most expensive movie ticket has ever been. <laughs> no, he made a fucking ton. Yeah, yeah. He made well, hand over fist yeah. when he bought it. But it when he bought it, friend. it was, that's, yeah. And George Harrison wow. just made uh, Life just of Brian. Just made Life of Brian. Yeah. I didn't know that. Put the money in. And also what I love is um, uh, Graham. Chapman. Chapman. Who played who plays Brian? Mm-hmm. You, I, I, I don't know if you know, but he was a med- he was a medical he was an MD he was a doctor medical doctor. His gr- his degree was in medicine, and you have to have a uh, medic on the set so for, for a big movie. Having him on the so set. they save money by saying Graham Chapman would be the medic, which he was on all the Monty Python movies, all of them. So there is a great shot you can find on the web of Graham Chapman in his Jesus Christ crowd of thorns with the blood <laughs> coming down with the first aid kit next to him uh, fixing a, a scratch on someone's leg. Oh, he's that's... Just, he's just putting the antiseptic on it, putting the bandage oh, on it. Oh, that's really great. And back up on the cross. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's good. And you know, hammered the whole time. And of course he was hammered Oh, the whole well, time, yeah. yeah. Monty Python included uh, a doctor and two lawyers, I think. They were... They were very well educated group. Yeah. Except for Eric Idle, but yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric Idle always points that out. Yeah, they were the smart ones, mm-hmm. but they all wanted me in their sketches because <laughs> they were funnier. Funnier when I met them. Yeah. He's kind That's what of I would right. tell the Apple sisters all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, but there's yeah. a musical that I love. So now we have a list. Yeah. That includes Assassins. Yes. And Jesus Christ Superstar and The Music Man. Oh. I like those three musicals. Okay. Although I never saw Jesus Christ Superstar as a show. I know every high school in the world did it, but. Yeah. Well, and in the early 2000s, had I moved there? I think I had just moved to New York and it was on Broadway. And uh, I did like a standing room ticket, you know, last minute, got in there. And I left at intermission, which I usually, it's like, you know, I'm a musical theater nerd. I don't leave at intermission. I stay for the whole piece. And you didn't like it. I was really upset. I was really disappointed. I just was like, no. Now I, I can like ask it. you another question because we couldn't help. We had some help from Apple TV too, but we also couldn't help but think on our own if Apple TV hadn't thought for us. What about hair? What about hair? That was supposed to be a sucky movie. Right. Treat Williams and who is it? Uh, Beverly D'Angelo. Yep, and, yep, yeah. Is that good? Have you seen the movie of hair? I've never seen the movie yeah. of hair. See, I'd like the soundtrack because I was the right age. Oh, so, yeah. So maybe we should watch hair. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, then, then, then I'll also like- tell you that my um, feeling that I'd like very much to be a cult leader uh-huh. was reinforced. By seeing Jesus Christ Superstar, yeah, I was yeah. thinking, 
That's the way to be surrounded by dirty hippie chicks. Oh, yeah. Whether you are Charlie Manson mm-hmm. or whether you're, what was it, the uh, source yeah. that, was in, uh, that was in L.A. Uh-huh. or whether you are uh, Jesus Christ, it's, I think it's a pretty good gig. I mean, you're going to end up in jail. In jail, dead, something. Yeah, it, it, but I'm 68. But maybe, yeah, I'll, maybe, I'll, you're, I'll maybe that's what you really want. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit. I think I've told this story before, but you know, I was friends with Stephen Sondheim. I, I don't think you told me that. Okay. Well, we had emails exchanged. Oh. Because Stephen Sondheim and I were talking, and I said to him, I hate musicals. Oh. And he said to me, I hate Bob Dylan. Oh. So we sent back, I would send him, listen to this Dylan. Yeah. And he would send me, listen to this musical. Okay. And we would go back and forth. And unfortunately, I said to him, one of the things I really dislike about musicals uh-huh. is the voices sound so funny to me. They sound so unnatural. And he answered me with one word, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. I, I went, oh. 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 Yeah. And I got my counter argument, which I'll think of soon. But uh, because I called, I saw Assassins and Sondheim had come to see our show several times. And of course, he couldn't be more royalty in New York. We were very flattered. He loved our show, very flattered. He took us out to dinner. And then. That is so cool. I had seen Sweeney Todd. And I saw Sweeney Todd. Everybody goes, oh, you didn't see a good production. I saw it with Caribou. What's his name? Yeah. Caribou. Uh Caribou and the Detective. Who are they? Uh, Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. Uh, Len Caribou. Len, Len Caribou. Very good, Penn. I saw them. Okay. Well, then. Original production. Then arguably the best production. Hated it. I saw Evita. Hated it. Okay. I saw Les Mis. Hated it. So I'm out with, I, mean, I know he didn't write those other I two. I was just going to say, I'm, just I'm, so I'm, you know. I know, I, know <laughs> I know that, but I'm just saying, so I'm out with Stephen Sondheim, uh-huh. right? And we talk and have a really good time. But during the whole thing, we were talking about Ricky Jay and magic and da-da-da-da-da. But we never go into the area of musicals because Teller and I don't like them. And we're having, you know, meatballs with Sondheim. Yeah. This Which happened. could be the title of the book. <laughs> <laughs> Which we had in New York. We went out with them, probably had dinner with them three or four times. Uh. I don't want to exaggerate my relationship with Sondheim. But four times for dinner is that's a, knowing somebody. That's knowing somebody. So- after friendly. like the first time having meatballs with Sondheim, I saw Assassins. I saw Assassins in a um, workshop production when Desert Storm was hitting, which is kind of what killed it. But I saw it like I had to go up three floors Unintended. to see it. Yeah, I had to go up three floors uh-huh. and there was a piano. And there are people just doing it. Just so you know, it sounds, that sounds like the dreamiest way to see it for me. It killed me. Yeah. I 
loved it. I could not love Assassins more. And the amazing thing is if you see a, and forgive me for saying this, whoever was in it, but they'll never find out. Even seeing a shitty production in Vegas, <laughs> it's still great. Yeah. It's really great. And it turns the musical inside out because mm-hmm. the musical's the American musical's basic form is if you live your dream, you'll be okay. Yes. And he just takes the idea, my dream is to kill the president. It's brilliant. Yeah. So the next day, I was very, very happy because now I could talk to Sondheim. Yeah. And I actually liked something. Yeah. I went to see it, but he wasn't there. The night. I didn't see him in person. I was just going to say, and it his, was his, so yeah. even better. So I call him up. I hadn't ever told him I hated musicals. Never told him that. Just never mentioned it. Yeah. Called him up. Hey, Stephen, man, Ben, hey, I saw Assassin's Oh, yeah, I wasn't there. I was supposed to be at all the, but I didn't get to be at, yeah, yeah, man. And then I talked for 20 minutes about how great Assassin's is. And I'm feeling 12 feet tall and bulletproof because I finally get to say this complimentary stuff. Yeah. I finished talking and saw it up goes, I wrote some other stuff people think is okay. <laughs> Saw through everything. Yeah. <laughs> Completely understood everything. I've never been so shut down oh. in my life. He said, uh-huh. you might like Pacific Overtures. You probably wouldn't like Sweeney Todd. Yeah. You probably wouldn't like, but I think Pacific Overtures and Assassins or, actually or have or stuff you, in it you yeah. can get. Yeah. I mean, could not have understood everything more just I mean, saw right through you. Just a complete and utter yeah. genius. <laughs> genius. And this all ties together because Neil Patrick Harris, yes. back when he was Doogie Hauser, mm-hmm. was a big fan of ours. Okay. And we were hanging out. He's like 14, right? And he, and he comes up to visit. And I say, let me play you something. And I play him Assassin's. Okay. Get out of here. So I go to see Assassins on Broadway with Neil Patrick Harris. I hadn't talked to him or anything. Yeah. And and the um, playbill says, I'm playing the part of Lee Harvey Oswald because Penn Gillette played me Assassins when I was 14. Wow. And uh, I had no idea that was going to happen. And I don't know if you know that production. That production did one of the most perfect theatrical things I've ever seen. I don't know. I didn't ever get to see that production. Oh, but I do have one thing to say really fast. Go. Careful the things you say. Children will listen. I know. I know. <laughs> Do assassins. Uh, um, yeah. Well, I also said, he had me write a chapter of his book. And I also said, uh, you were 14. I played you a musical. Probably turned you gay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm probably responsible for that. You're welcome. Uh, he's happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald is always wearing the classic tee. Yeah. You know, classic white T-shirt. And they freeze the production and project the Zapruder film on his chest. Wow. Again, this is my second uh, little He's just moment. standing there in a white T-shirt. And all of a sudden it goes dark yeah. and Zapruder film across his chest. That's. I said to Neil Patrick Harris, that's pretty great. He goes, no, you got to stand still. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, after you're doing eight shows a week for four weeks, all you're thinking about is, I got to oh, stand still. Because the yep. 
stage manager has said to you. You got to stand still. Yeah, Do you know who directed that production? I don't know, but they were good. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Joe Mantello directed Assassins. Ah. Oh. Uh, hard, to, hard to direct it back. So we would send stuff back and forth. And he never got to like Dylan. And I never really got to like musicals. <laughs> Anything else, yeah. But I wish, I wish I could tell him. Yeah. And how far on the spectrum can you be from Cats? Well, Lloyd Webber had written a, I need a, a service animal on the plane. Did you see this? Oh, no. That he had written, he needed this dog, a service dog on the plane. And they said, well, you have to give us a reason why. And he wrote a, a full paragraph on how terrible the movie Cats was. And that once he saw Cats in the movie theater, he needed a service animal. <laughs> he needed a dog. But so, Cats, Cats on Broadway. Well, I I mean, I'm not in disagreement with you at all. But he, he said that the, the movie ruined his musical. Well, you know, this made me laugh a lot. We were doing our show off-Broadway, a Midwest couple. As you know, I was very accessible after the show and so on. Mm -hmm. Came over to me and said, uh, well, we really, we really liked the show. Our friend Paul, Paul Newman, sent us to the show. Uh, I grew up with Paul. And every time I come to New York, he helps us out getting tickets and stuff. So he bought us the tickets to the show tonight, and we really liked it. You know, we... We were coming into town, and I called Paul and said, we want to see Cats. Can you set that up? And he said, no, you're going to see Penn and & Teller. And we said, no, we really want to see Cats. <laughs> and he said, you're not going to see Cats. You're going to see Penn & Teller. And he said, we were really kind of very much wanting to see Cats, and Paul, Paul would not let us see Cats. He'd only let us see Penn & Teller, and he bought us the tickets and set us here. And I said, well, I, thank you very much. Paul's been very kind to us. Yeah. And then the woman who hadn't said anything said, I'd still like to see cats. <laughs> <laughs> Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. My mom and dad wanted to see cats. Well. So I took them and just could not figure out. What was happening? Why cats were on spaceships. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. And you know, I'm sure Matt has said this story on here, but yes. our good friend Rick Bassanio, who is <laughs> crawling around. I don't, I've not only, I've not only heard that story, I've told that story because it sums up everything, but yeah. we have not heard it. Yeah. Whatever it is now, secondhand. Yeah. We've only heard it fourth, third and fourth. Third hand. and fourth. So tell so it here's secondhand. So is uh, Rick Pisano, you know, in the opening, they're crawling around as cats in the aisle. And he came up to this woman who was terrified and just jumped out of it. Sir, you are a grown man. <laughs> and he really said at that moment, he had to think about what the fuck he was doing. Yeah, why are you dressed like that? What am I? I saw Guys and Dolls with Nathan Lane. Uh-huh. Hated it. Hmm. I saw Tommy. Uh-huh. Sitting next to John Enswistle and Roger Daltrey. Hated, hated it, it. Almost as much as them. Oh, okay. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with Pete? And Roger Daltrey said afterwards, sitting with me 
and watching this version of Tommy is a little like going with you to see Siegfried and Roy, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> I was given seats to good things. Yeah. I saw Patti LaPone in good things, and I like Patti LaPone. Yeah. Uh, I finally saw Sweeney Todd in that stripped-down version. Yeah, where they play their own instruments? Right, yeah. uh, which I learned one thing from. If you have someone who's an excellent singer, mm-hmm. but can't play an instrument, mm-hmm. and you want them to play an instrument, mm-hmm. before you give them triangle, find out how good their time is. Because Patti Lapone was hitting the triangle just slightly out of time. You know what I mean? Oh, like Ray Charles, yeah. they, they, they measured his finger snaps. They're within a, uh, like a hundredth of a millisecond. Correct. Yeah. Patti LuPone, no. Not so much. No, no. And it's, and it's the rhythm instrument. She needs well, to have cuts the through. rhythm. That's yeah. what, when, when the triangle plays, yeah. it's on a fucking beat. Yeah. It yeah. might be on three or, it's going to be on one, yeah. but it might be on three or four. You almost wish they gave her like a rubber one and just had somebody else in the pit yeah. somewhere. But that was, that was really good. Yeah. So that's the one that we saw, and we liked that one, and and a lot of people didn't like that one. I saw one with scaffoldings and a detective and a caribou running around. <laughs> that's uh, everybody else's favorite. <laughs> yeah, and I do like the Music Man. Yeah, yeah, I'm fascinated that you like the Music Man. Maybe because it was it was I believe the Music Man, and this is such a country bumpkin story to tell. Yeah. I believe it's the first live show I ever saw. Oh. And I was about 12. Well, that, that makes sense. And it was in Houston. And was it? Because that's a big city. Yeah. Was it, was it a, like a, a big production? I I've do you tried think? to look online. Yeah. And the best I can tell is it was, you know, it would have been, uh, I would have been 10 or 12. So 65, 66. It was a, it was a touring Broadway show. So it was show. a touring company. It was, okay. a, it was a serious professional production. Ah. Uh. I do love that that uh, original cast recording of the Music Man. It's really, but have you heard the um, what's his name playing piano, doing all the parts himself? No. Uh, what's his name? M- uh, Meredith Wilson. M- uh, yeah, yeah. They have put out Meredith Wilson's audition, essentially backers tape, backers tape, where he sings. He and his wife, he plays piano and they sing every song. Really? And if you want that charm and you also want a punk version. Yeah, a music man. Yeah, it's there. Oh, that's great. Okay, and I've also I I don't think the word carrion in music man. Yeah, is one of the truly funny things in theater. I could lie on your floor unnoticed till my body had turned to carrion, Marion with melisma on it. Yeah, with Marion. Yeah, on on carrion. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Really clever. Really that is good. very clever. And you know, uh, Good Night by Someone yeah. and 76 Trombones yeah. having the exact same melody but different rhythm. Mm-hmm. Really funny and smart. Yep. And uh, and you know, uh, Robert Preston does a wonderful performance. Yeah. And Opie. And Opie. Ron Howard. Yeah. Who is in the movie The Music Man. This is so weird. I did not notice this till I watched The Music Man five years ago. But I must have noticed it at the time. Opie, uh-huh. in the movie, is my age. Strangely enough, Ron Howard is still my age. But I guess that's how math works. Yeah. Uh, Ron Howard's within a year of my age. Interesting. So, But it's weirder than that. And Marion is his sister, mm-hmm. right? Right. And there's no other siblings 
and she's 23 years older than him. Oh. I have one sibling, my sister. She's 23 years old. 23 years older. And I would have seen that with my sister. And I don't know how we couldn't have noticed that. I mean, I'm sure we did. I was just going to say, I just didn't remember pr- it. Probably you did, and maybe that also plays into your love of it a little mm-hmm. bit. No doubt about it. Yeah, it could be nostalgia. Yeah, it could be very much be nostalgia. Yeah, guys and dolls. No, no, no nostalgia. You know, there. I noticed another musical not on your list that you also did see me in, which is Jersey Boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jersey Boys is not a musical. Jersey Boys is the jukebox, right? It is. It's a. It's. It's almost more of a review. Yeah. It's yeah. A, yeah. But so yeah, I was gonna I was gonna bring that up, but that's just the four seasons music, and I believe that's a different thing. No, and it's more there. I've never saw Mamma Mia. (laughs) I mean, is is that a musical or is it is well, you're right, is it? Because it's the music of ABBA, but with a story. So whereas Jersey Boys is the story of Frankie Valley in the four seasons, Mamma Mia is just a story that they've put on the music. The true American musical. Yeah. The music is written for the American music. Right. The story so and the music. I also don't count Girl from the North Country. Oh, yeah. Which is the rework of the Bob of Dylan the Bob stuff. Dylan, yeah. I just don't think that's what an American, you know. It's a fantasy form. Yeah. That voice mm-hmm. but is we, a fantasy we, form. But uh, we, uh, USA, mm-hmm. American musical, stand-up comedy, jazz, blues, we're done. That's all we really have given to the world. Everything else is made of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> but we did do those things. So it we seems well, like yeah. for the American musical form, I think you want to be uh, you want to be respectful. Yeah. Okay. You know, I think and I yeah. think you want to have that. I think even I even think that live your dreams <laughs> is also Follow your dreams. Like rebellion is built into rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Like being a loser is built into country. Mm-hmm. Like bragging is built into rap. Yeah. I think that's built into the musical. Yeah. I think that's, you know, attaining your dreams, maybe in unexpected ways. Something also that you mentioned that I think you liked about Superstar is that those vocals are not your traditional theater. None of them are traditional theater. They do sing at rock and roll. They all sing at rock and roll. It's not quite rock and roll because the instrumentation is not rock and roll. Yeah. But... um, the bass player sure is rock and roll. <laughs> really, really got his laugh, and I'm going, this is really good. And Josie says, you think because it's been a 30-minute bass solo? I was just going to say, <laughs> you, I, I love that you noticed uh, how well you noticed the bass solo. Yeah. The guy's all over the place. Yeah. And no idea that he's playing bass. <laughs> he believes he's playing lead. <laughs> Judas is almost funk. Judas is almost Judas funk. is, yeah, yeah. And and um, Eileen, uh, the the Mary, her voice, uh, Elliman, uh, yeah, Yvonne Elliman, Yvonne, Yvonne, thank you. Hers is almost folk. It's it's yeah. it's more. But uh, whatever I would play with Stephen Banks, we would do our two person shows. Stephen Banks and Ben Gillette, I would always sing. I don't know how to love him because it always made me laugh so much. <laughs> but uh, it was it was just shocking. Yeah, shocking. Yeah. Well, I was shocked that now, did you, you ever did you ever perform in Jesus Christ Superstar? Never. Uh, did you I, ever perform in Sweeney Todd? Never. Now Teller wouldn't let me see Into the Woods. He wouldn't let you see it. No, he said if you see Into the Woods, you'll kill yourself. <laughs> he said you can't go. Well, 
I because Teller went because they wanted to do special effects for it. Oh, uh, and uh, no. So Into the Woods for me was interesting because I saw it when I was a teenager, and I loved the first act, and I hated the second act, and I just recently saw it with my son, and I thought the first act was fine, and I loved the second act. Things can change. And I think that there's it's the storytelling of how everything in the first act is, you know, a fairy tale with a happy ending, and the second act is more what real life really is. And I, I saw the movie recently. Ah. I think I... I think I was forced by my wife, Yeah, probably. And I don't remember anything about it except not liking it. I, I, di- I wasn't, I didn't love the movie. And, and not, uh, again, like not necessarily the fault of any of the performers, but I felt when you try to overproduce, which is what Jesus Christ Superstar didn't do, I think you lose a lot of elements. Yeah, they that's, had. boy, Norman Jewison just said, this is a rock opera. Yeah. We should not. Beef it up. Yeah. We should strip it down. Let's not make Passion of the Christ. Let's just do... That's a really hard idea to get. Yeah. That's a really hard idea to get. And how many times on set can you imagine him saying like, nope, nope, we're just doing this thing. Yeah. We're just, <laughs> it's just this. Prop department, yeah. get the fucking shit out of there. Nope. I was looking at the the, the hats yeah. of, of and and like, are those plastic? Are those blow up? Are those, what are those? Well, I believe, this is, you can learn a lot. I believe that the bass player yeah. was blowing the sound designer. Okay. And I do believe that the wardrobe person must have been fucking Norman Jewison. Yeah. Because everybody else is held back. Yeah. But she's just told, sure. Yeah. You want a three-foot hat? You, you got, got it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want a fringe jacket, no yeah. shirt, and all the men? Yeah. You got it. Yeah. And How much time do we need to put those jewels on the face? We've got it. All the time you need. <laughs> on yeah. top of everything else, we haven't even mentioned this choreography oh well can you imagine in the desert so i like i said the the number i'm i'm watching and watching them roll around on the dirt and thinking how many how many times did we do this number how many times do we have to shoot this how many cameras are here and then it's not just one day it's got to be over a few days yeah right and then now we have union rules that probably wouldn't have allowed and I was also thinking how that is very um, uh, Beyonce's music video of uh, Girls Who Run yeah. the World is is so similar to all of that. And you're also thinking how happy uh, Carl yeah. was to look at the Carl sheet and go, oh, dance number I'm not in is good. Oh, yeah. They were yeah. really tired. Yeah. And I tell you, this is a little known fact. It was the first place Gatorade was used. <laughs> Can you imagine how dehydrated they were? No. Uh, no. Where? And Simon. That's, uh, I mean, of course you talk about the leads, but that's yeah. Simon sings and acts his fucking ass off. And is dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Does yeah. everything. Yeah, does it all. Yeah. Another musical that you probably don't uh, care for, but um, the musical Pippin, which was directed and choreographed by Bob Fosse in the 70s. Uh, but I also liked all that jazz, the movie. Oh, I loved all that jazz, the movie. But Pippin, I never even considered seeing. So my mom and dad worked on Fosse's version of Pippin, and my mom was his dance captain on the road. Oh, my goodness. Yes. As far as we know, they did not have a relationship. But Seems unlikely. I know. But when you, when you talk claims. to my mom, she is, she, 
naive enough that when I talked to her and tried to ask her more and more questions, she said it took me a while to realize what was happening around me and who when these people showed up that weren't great and why they were there and, oh, this is what's happening. She's not looking at Gwen, is she, when she says that? No. <laughs> no. But um, the, 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 the essence of that show is that there's this traveling troupe of yeah. – of Manson-like performers who come into a town and try to take a guy and show him what, you know, the 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 joys, the beauty, the sex, the all of this of life, and then have him kill himself at the end. And that's what they do. They're traveling. Well, you just, you just sold it very well. The advertisements didn't. Yeah. I, I also saw Joseph the Amazing Technical Dreamcoat. But I saw a high school production. Yeah. It was terrible. Which is really sad. Of course, I did do that in high school. But we haven't talked about the worst musical of all time. Oh, God. The producers. Oh. Opening night, I was there. Oh. But I can't even... So my Aunt Kathy, also Grandma Ruby's daughter, was the company manager of that production. And I think... You know, that production did very well for my Aunt Kathy. So I never sure. speak too too terribly sure. of that production. But. Oof. I mean, how could. I mean, I, this is just. I'm wrong, right? I mean, I have to be wrong. You're, yeah. Because I can't say Mel Brooks didn't understand the original produ producers. He had he, to. Yeah. It's exactly why I'm wrong about love. I think love in town misrepresents mm -hmm. the Beatles. I agree. Paul McCartney. Yeah. Ringo Starr, Yoko, and the woman who's George Harrison's widow's name we always forget. Mm -hmm. All love it. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, help produce it and are 100% on board. I'm wrong. Well. I have to be wrong. How can Paul McCartney know less about the Beatles than me? Well, maybe in another, what, 50 years you'll change your Right, tune? I'll go and see Love and go, oh, yeah. yeah. I get yeah. it now. Yeah. yeah. He's actually Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Here's the problem. Neither the producers nor love have actual hippie chicks in them. Yeah. There it is. That's There's part no of it. There's no hippie chicks. Well, love tries to have hippie chicks, but you're right. They're not They're not true hippie chicks. But I, I, they're not they, dirty hippie they're chicks. They're bangly. I also shouldn't say, because uh, this is really not correct, I shouldn't say hippie chicks. It's hippies. Because the men in Jesus Christ Superstar right. are just as sexy. Yes. Absolutely. And all of them bare-chested yeah. and all of them running around. Yeah. There's a great deal of sexiness. There is. You're absolutely right. So the sexiness I say abound. that because I'm used to, yeah. you know, when I was younger and uptight about that, you're only supposed to say you like the women. Right. That's no longer, it's not what I felt then. Right. But I lied about it. And it's not what I feel now. It's just habit. Well, and I... So when I'm a cult leader, believe me, part of the criminal charges will be brought by men. Do you understand that? Well, this is maybe how we how we find getting canceled someday, right? Yeah, like yeah, we can, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to become Spacey the showed, cult leader. You can you can you can get canceled uh, w without having anything to do with women. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Spacey demonstrated that. But then you know, not convicted, so not canceled all the way. I don't know. Canceled, not convicted. Canceled, not convicted. Because canceled doesn't mean convicted. Yeah. I mean, look at uh, uh, Al Franken. Right. Right. Not canceled, convicted of anything. Not convicted. Of anything. Almost self-canceled. 
though, Al Franken. Yeah, yeah. yeah more yeah. more self-canceled. Kind Maybe of, that's what you want to look at. Kind of very, <laughs> very bad chess players trying to play against the Republicans. Yep. I'll, I'll, here's what we'll do. Yeah. We'll be, we'll, we'll show how honest we are. Yeah. That works in politics really often. Always the... Always yeah. work. Yeah. Being honest has paid off uh, <laughs> how, s- s- two times. <laughs> two times next to never. Um, yeah. Have we talked to him about that? Al Franken? Yeah. No. Because I don't think that played a role in his decision. What? That that's what members of the party wanted him to do? Uh, I don't know. The information that I have is that it did. But it's not directly from him. He made a promise to his electorate that he was going to keep the comedy out of it when mm-hmm. he started. Okay. You, I, it feels to me like to it was see, that. That's one way to see it. Although, putting your hand two inches above a woman whose chest is literally in Kevlar seems like seems like her private parts are well protected. Well, it seems like Kevlar. it. Kev- Kevlar! Kevlar! I mean, when we were talking in high school about sex, yeah, we had above the shirt, above the bra, below the bra. Uh-huh. Kevlar was never <laughs> mentioned. Above the Kevlar. Above the Kevlar. You know, and that's a whole new... And also two inches yeah, above the two Kevlar. Two inches above... I know. Air, air I gap know. Kevlar. Air gap Kevlar. Well, you say, you know, because you were saying, I'm talking about dirty hippie chicks, but I should be saying dirty hippies, period. And I, and I'm, even I'm the same way where it's like, yeah, hippie chicks, but I was not just watching the, the no. chicks. No, your, your, your eyes cover the whole thing. I'm watching. And, and Jesus in the robe, you sometimes, your eyes wander from him. Yeah. I also, although I tried to find funny in this movie and I could. Mm-hmm. Thinking of the outtakes of him walking in that robe over rocks <laughs> is really funny. Because there were some times, oh, you're sure, had to. when he stepped on the robe on a rock going up a hill. And Fake Jesus plan. went ass over wine. Just And 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 you hear Al. In the, <laughs> the sound guy. And that's when he turned into a canary. Yeah. yeah. Boy, he gets high. He does. Yeah. Now I'm curious, where were you looking with Margaret Qualley and Brad Pitt in the car? When was this? What movie? Once upon, Once upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, boy, that's a, that's a hard call. But I, I think I was looking at her ass when they shoot the ass in the foreground, do that whole scene. Oh. Remember yeah. that, Once Upon a yeah. Time in Hollywood? Yeah. We've, we've got a scene here. Can we keep her ass in the shot? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And and for my dinner with Andre, they could have helped that out by just having your ass in the shot. Yeah, yeah. For the whole thing. There's a lot of movies that could have been helped out with <laughs> just her ass in the shot. Yeah. 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 Godfather three. Uh, uh into the woods. <laughs> Solved. <laughs> Done. Done. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But it also yeah. might be, I want to say this too. Okay. Because there's confessional going on here. Yeah. Well, preaching love. It's very possible. Okay. Okay. It's very possible that my innate dislike of musicals is residual, incorrect, never acknowledged, indeed expressly denied homophobia. Mm. Because I, when I read Let's Talk About Love, the book about Celine Dion, 
that talks about why rock snobs hate her and why isn't she better than Ramones, written by a rock snob, one of the most brilliant books ever. There's a sentence in there, you know, I was an absolute punk and experimental rock guy. I was residence, I was Sex Pistols, I was Devo, I was all of that. And I was one of the disco haters. Never even considered listening to disco. Now, one of the residents loved disco, and that threw me a little bit. But there's a sentence in there that just says, the hatred of disco was nothing but racism and homophobia. And I read that sentence and went, Ouch. Yeah. I was not homophobic. I was not racist. But did my culture decide that disco was put in a different category than, you know, I was identifying with Creedence Clearwater Revival? Yeah. And disco was being done by different kinds of people. Yeah. People who look different from me. Yeah. And the scene in New York were people who look different from me. It's interesting that you bring this up because I think about how we, at our younger age, just fucking know everything. I know. And we just rock as... Disco is just not... Not artistically viable. No. And not, oh, I want to be seen as someone who looks like the Ramones and not someone who looks like, you know, Donna Summers. Right. Right? Donna Summers is disco. Joey Ramone is punk. Yeah. Which one is speaking to me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to get around that. And I'm wondering if when I, you know, I was a, I I love Bette Midler. Uh-huh. Uh, I, nothing more than I wanted to be gay, right? right. But some of my self-image was I'm not going to like musicals. Yeah. Because I'm going to be pro-gay, you know, you couldn't be more pro-gay. You know, Broadway cares, all of that shit. Right. But maybe there's a little part of that Greenfield, Massachusetts with the gun rack in the back of the pickup truck, and which the- is another thing. Everybody thinks that that rural America image is Southern. Mm-hmm. Not Southern. I know you're L.A., so you don't know anything. But Oh, thanks. Uh, but I mean, about, <laughs> no, no, that kind of, I, I, about living in America. Right. But you know, where... Um, you're absolutely right. Where uh, you, you never have any idea what the people in Greenfield were like. Never. But there were gun racks and flannel shirts. And if I showed you pictures of my friends in Greenfield, Massachusetts, and said, where are these people from? You would answer Alabama. You would answer Kentucky. And you wouldn't think Massachusetts, because Massachusetts, in your mind, is Boston. Right. 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 And you you would never, there's not a time in your entire life, from the moment you were born, it was preordained, you would never drop into Greenfield, Massachusetts. There's nothing that would take you there. Right. They're never going to shoot a movie there. They're never going to do a musical. There's no tours you're... going through Greenfield. <laughs> no, the, no. Just, yeah. uh, but I'm wondering if that's a residual yeah. part of that sure. is my self-image wasn't able to say, even though I was not just not homophobic, I was aggressively politically on the other side. Sure. I was getting beat up for being on the other side. But that doesn't mean there isn't some cultural homophobia. Right there well and 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 i look back on disco and smart people talk about disco and i go oh i 
I missed all of that. Yeah. I didn't know that was happening. But, and and that's also part of this this journey, I think, which is lovely that you, you can kind of look at it and say like, I wonder. And the nice thing about being uh, an open-minded atheist saying like, huh, I actually like this Jesus Christ superstar. <laughs> Huh, maybe I had a little... How did that happen? uh, ...anti-gay musical hatred without realizing, because it was not going to... It made me... uh, And again, it's like, it doesn't make you homosexual. No, but... And and you enjoy... Maybe the word... Maybe it's not the word homosexual we're looking for. Right. It was a way to not be effeminate. Ah, so yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be in all the gay pride parades. Yeah. I'll do all of that. Yeah. But keep in mind, if you're wanting to know who I'm like, I'm like Joy Ramone right. and John Fogarty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. And I am not like Lynn Carew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Caribou. I'm a different but, guy than yeah. that. You know, and yeah. that's that's not politically homophobic. No. It's not personally homophobic. Uh-uh. You know, it's not, it's, it's, it's cultural indoctrination. Yeah. Homophobic. Yeah. Where you're never even making a decision, not even a personal decision. I never have experienced any, you know, I've, I've been to the gay bathhouse in San Francisco. Yeah. I have never, I have never exhibited the slightest recoiling from any homosexual act or homosexual person. Yeah. But. That doesn't mean I don't want to be seen more as one of the Ramones. Right. And I think that that's what I might be dealing with. Yeah. I haven't come to terms with that yet. I haven't come to terms with that because although I'm reading about how good and important disco is, still haven't crossed <laughs> still that haven't line. Still haven't crossed over. Still haven't crossed that Well, and, and, and I did The Donkey Show, which is a Midsummer Night's Dream told through 70s disco music off Broadway in New York City. Mm-hmm. And that was how I got into disco, mm-hmm. right? I didn't really know because I grew up with musical theater because I grew up backstage. And so David Byrne, David Byrne all, doing yeah. the new disco uh, 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 thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, Here Lies Love. Yeah, that's all disco. All disco, right? Yeah. So I fell in love with it because it because it's a moment for me, right? It's mm-hmm. It represents that time in my life and my career and what, what all that is. So the, the music for me is more a moment. But you know what this book, Let's Talk About Love, Mm -hmm. what he makes very clear is, well, first of all, do you know where the term highbrow comes from? I do not. It's just racist. It comes from uh, phrenology, the the, the shape of the head. Uh Uh-huh. Highbrow meant you were more intelligent, which was just a racial thing. So even the term highbrow, when you say that's lowbrow, it is absolutely, completely 100% racist, and yet it's accepted in our society. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, one of the things you're doing with musical taste is you are deciding to broadcast what tribe you're in, right? Mm-hmm. You're telling what kind of person you are, right? And so my musical taste was all the target groups that were coming at me were saying, this is who you want to see yourself as. Yeah. And uh, when you let that go, which you can't, of course, do, when you try to let that go and try to listen to kinds of music that you don't like, mm-hmm. to me, it's incredible how, uh, how, how guilty it makes me feel. Because I just go, 
you know, uh, it was really easy for me to go, okay, you love the clash. Here's Jimmy Rogers. Here's, uh, here's Howlin' Wolf. Here's Muddy Waters, you know, and going forward, we're going to go into the experimental, the residence, and we'll go further after Clash. We'll go da 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 da, da. and to keep going, we're yeah. fine. We're fine with Nirvana, and then we go into Green Day, and all that makes a lot of sense uh-huh. because that's all people that look just like me, because mm-hmm. you know the Howling Wolf and stuff. Yeah. That's just part of the basis of this but it's all people that look like me yeah and you go uh oh but the other people were doing music who didn't look like me and they were good too yeah (laughs) which you'd think you would learn from howling wolf you'd think you would learn that yeah oh howling wolf was not popular with Mm non-blacks when he started out yeah so maybe we've learned now but no no disco comes along and we have and we haven't yeah so but I wanted to confess because as I was driving over today, yeah. I said, I'm going to use the word homophobic about musicals and it's going to make me a little bit nauseated and ashamed and miserable, but I'm going to force myself to do that. And how do you feel now? Nauseated, <laughs> miserable. <laughs> there was no sort of epiphany. Well, uh, uh, my son, you're, I've heard your confessions <laughs> and uh, you are resolved. My miracle Absolved is my miracle is that Matt Donnelly will deny me. That's he will I, deny you thrice. Thrice. Yeah. Three, there's yeah. no doubt about that. Oh, oh. It, listen, he's going on this tour. <laughs> there's absolutely no doubt he is denying you. Maybe as we speak. As we speak. Yeah. As we speak. As we speak on this, that was, I can't do the grammar right. That was Penn Sunday School. That was Penn Sunday School. Cha-cha-cha. So you become good. naked. <laughs> now, this would be better with four on the floor, wouldn't it? Yeah. By the way, we should point out you're singing. That's me. That's you singing. Yeah, that's me. Me and Heather Henderson. And hear that guitar? Yeah. Very much played by people who look like me. Yes. But I hear that bass. Well, well, thanks for coming by. That was great. We went very long. Did That's we go good. too long? Almost twice as long. Oh, I was having too much fun. Thank you for having me. You know we love you. Hey, Sarah, you got anybody to thank? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank the following listeners. Colin Durham, Lancy Menchu, Stephen White, Harlan Liam Clark, Michelle, yes, sir. Brogan Hastings. Placitas Scott. Damian Martin. Garth K. Reynolds. Adam Luce Red. Random, and he loved it. Timo Tihoff. Scott Kelly. Kirk Barrett. Adams Burzins. Matthew Appelhans. Fractured Adventures. Carlos Alvarez. Nicholas Emerson. Michael Cornwall. Ross Devereaux, Ryan Matthews, Jeff Bucker, Impossibilities Magic Show in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, Michael Torbay, Elon Lee, Jeff Loomis, Jacob McCauley, a lot of L's, Nicole Martin, Crazy Cat Lady Scoop, Music Man with a Z, Keith Corning, No Thank You Daddy, Rachel Hawkins, Chris Angel Tiene Una Pregunta, Jack Schneider, Pete Hawk, Kelly McCauley, 
I like pronouncing both C's. Corey Mitchell, Robin Garnett, JLBusinessAdvisors.com, Love, Tom, and Julie Lynn, Ovi Demetrian Jr., Jeremy R. 22, Winter Wiorkowski, Kristen Kledek, Hattie Wabi, Hattie Wabi, Hattie Wabi, Michael Cohen, Mo, Larry, Cheese, Dr. Scoop Little, Joe Mastrangelo, mm, yummy, Jeremiah Jenkins, was not a bullfrog, Michael Kaplan, the jelly bean counting idiot and luckiest husband in the world, Jesse Miller, Alexander Hoffman, Danny Olweeny, Olweeny, I like Olweeny, Stephen Volcano, Jim, the magician who would love to perform the new Penn and Teller block trick, Naked, Scooped Mids, and Paul McBride. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.